Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com support. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, Felony Friday is the show where each and every week we seek to expose injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. But Felony Friday is not the only show that we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We also have our Monday show hosted by Mark Clare, where he interviews leading minds in the liberty movement. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. And this episode of Felony Friday is episode 104, which means, of course, you'll be able to find the show notes with links and notes to everything that I'm going to be discussing today with my guest, which is going to be extensive stuff. This is a Felony Review, a uh, fel- Felonies Trending in the News episode of Felony Friday. So there's going to be a lot of stories that you're going to want to read about and follow along and play at home. You can find all that stuff at lionsofliberty.com slash FF104. And just one more note, and I'll introduce my guest. I want to tell you guys about Health Excellence Plus. Health Excellence Plus is an incredible free market alternative to your standard corporate health insurance you can find out more about Health Excellence Plus at lionsofliberty.com slash health. And I want to bring on my guest now. And this is the last Felony Friday of 2017. So what better way to wrap it up than bringing on another fellow Lions of Liberty here to talk about some felonies trending in the news. And what better person to bring on than the host of our Monday program, fellow Lions of Liberty co-founder, Mark Clare. Welcome back to Felony Friday. I can't think of anyone better personally. I, I tried in the two seconds that I had between you uh, posing that hypothetical. Couldn't think of a single other person better, to be honest. I'm ready to keep the fires of liberty burning, Odie. Yeah, and, and they call you the, the shiny beacon of liberty. I don't know who they is. They do. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the voice. Uh, they is the Russians. The, the Russians. Russians. Well, that's that's something. You got that going for you. The Russians think you're the shiny beacon of liberty. That's pretty It's actually pretty Dan nice. Smotz. He's the, he's the voiceover artist on our, our newest intro for... Lions of Liberty podcast. So that's technically who, who calls me that. Secrets behind the curtain there. Peek behind the curtain. It's too much. I know too much. You know, I've always wondered, speaking of voices before at the beginning of podcasts, part of the problem <laughs> with Dave Smith, you know, he has that long intro and then a voice <laughs> says, and here's your host, Dave Smith. Is that Mike Brancatelli? Because it sounds just like him. It's See, be I him. never thought of it before. Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll like it, to... Should I? I am Mike Brancatelli li- live on the show, and maybe we'll know by the end. Maybe, yeah. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I could. That's not a bad idea at all. I think it is. It's just a uh, conspiracy theory I have there. All right. So. Maybe we'll save that for the next conspiracy <laughs> corner, which will actually be coming next week for members of the Lions of Liberty Pride. That's right. I cannot go even two minutes without getting a plug in. And you can join the Pride by going to lionsofliberty.com slash support. So. <laughs> See, I was going to let you finish. I was going to let you bring it home. <laughs> But uh, we have a lot to talk about today, and uh, we have a a time window to get all this stuff in. So I want to get started into this long list of stuff we want to tread through. Before we get into talking about some newer stuff trending in the news, new stuff happening in 2018, I want to look back and give an update on a 
case we talked about back in episode 55 at Felony Friday. Just a completely crazy case. This uh, young woman has spent the last 11 years in jail. She was convicted of murder in Las Vegas, and the murder was gruesome. It was a, uh, a homeless man was had his penis cut off and was brutally murdered and disposed of in a dumpster. And the crazy thing about this case is there was zero evidence linking the murder to the young woman who was arrested and has now served uh, 11 years in prison. The only thing that tied her to that murder was like a like a third level rumor um, about her cutting off a man's penis in Vegas. And yeah, it was like a friend of a friend at school said something about her hearing she cut somebody's penis off in Vegas. That that's the literally the extent of the evidence. I remember that interview you did uh, quite uh, vividly, too vividly, you might say. Yeah, that interview was with the Intercept's uh, investigative journalist Jordan Smith. It was you know, she did a, a great job. Jordan Smith knows maybe more about this case than, than anyone. She she dug into every every corner of it, and there's a lot of evidence for these detectives to to chase and find out who committed this murder, but they cast that all away. They went on this rumor, and they were able to to convict uh, this woman, Kristen Blaze Lobato. The update is that she got her conviction overturned. So at this point, it's either going to go to a new trial, which would be a good thing, because hopefully she can win, because there is... I mean, she even has, has an alibi. She had an alibi at the time. She was in her her home state near the border, her home city, hometown near the border of Utah. But they were, the defense came up with the, or the prosecution came up with this crazy thing where she committed the murder, jumped in a car immediately and drove all the way to that town to get there in time to be spotted driving on four wheelers and drinking beer at like 10 in the morning. So this just a crazy, uh, crazy story. It's either going to get a new trial or the charges will get thrown out. We should know the details on that coming up, I think, mid-January, maybe January 18th, something like that. So we'll keep you posted on that one. And Mark brought up, I think, a a great topic to talk about. And I think Mark can talk about it. I don't remember doing that. (laughs) And I think Mark can, can speak to it better than a lot of people because he's living through it out there in crazy California. The crazy new laws taking uh, effect in 2018 in the state of California. And there's a long article. I'll link to it on the show notes page that goes through each one. And we're not going to talk about everything, but I want to talk about there's uh, some stuff. affecting. You would need an entire new, not just a new podcast episode, but you would need a new podcast feed to go through all the new laws, all the crazy new laws in California. So uh, there we don't have the time. And I don't think under without net neutrality, we can even afford the bandwidth. (laughs) frankly so <laughs> yeah well you just gave someone a fantastic podcast idea so that's free free from the lines of liberty there you go someone's gonna it. it's just yeah just called california's crazy laws and someone's gonna snip that audio out and, and call me a net neutrality supporter at some point i dare you i challenge you it's not true though i dare you so first i want to start off talking about hiring laws because of course you know california they want to make it the fairest place ever to work you know everyone every Male, female, everyone's treated equally, and no one is uh, no one's discriminated against in hiring because who, what kind of employer would use discrimination to pick a, a candidate or an employee to work in their place? They should just pick, just you know, willy nilly, just pick a form from the stack and just hire that person. Anyway, so this this uh, the first hiring thing is prospective employers will no longer be able to decide how much money to offer 
And this is coming from Assembly Bill 168. And what this does is it makes it the salary history of job applicants can only be disclosed of voluntarily. So what that means is they can't give you a form that says, uh, you know, fill out your, your old salary history, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, come up with a salary that way. You have to do it without them even asking, which I'm sure a lot of people would, but probably a lot of people don't know that. So what what's the reason for this, Mark? Why do you think uh, they would do this in California? Oh, the reason? I have no idea. You're coming to the wrong guy if you want the reasons for, for any of these things, because there are no, t- to me, no logical reasons. I do remember when this first came out, I did see somebody saying, well, in theory, it's a good idea, but I don't know if it should be a lot. I was like, how is it even a good idea in theory? I'm, I'm missing this entirely. Um, I don't know about you, John. I... I've never really done this, uh, but I know a lot of people that apply for jobs and then have applied for jobs and uh, that sort of thing. I don't know anybody that has ever said their real salary <laughs> for when you're when you're applying for a job, you know, because you want to uh, typically you're aiming for a certain salary. You want to, you know, pump up a little bit what you've made before because that gives you more leverage to come somewhere else for a certain amount. No, there, there's no verification of that either because they can't really call the old employer. The old employer isn't allowed to give out that, that specific salary info. So there's no really way to verify it anyway. So in some ways, maybe this doesn't have much of a real world effect. But how dumb is this law? Just how dumb is this law? You can't even ask. You can't even ask a question. You know, and, and somebody applying for a job is can feel free to answer to, to give the answer. I don't want to give that. I don't feel comfortable provide, providing that information. I don't think that's an answer like anybody would ever give because you want to give an answer because you're you're in a negotiation. A, you're in a negotiation to get a job, so you want you don't want to seem like you like made nothing because why did you make nothing? Uh, you know, why were you so poorly paid? Were you not a good employee? Like I don't know. Um, I, I think most people are going to use that as leverage or, or attempt to use the conversation about salary as leverage. So I don't see why the state of California would just attempt to remove that from the conversation, or at least from one end of the conversation. I suppose anybody could still go into a job interview and say, well, I used to make this, but but for whatever reason, if the employer specifically asks, that is now disallowed. Um, again, I don't know the reason. I really don't. Do you, can you think of a reason this makes any sense, even from a it sort of makes sense kind of point of view? I, I can't think of a reason why it makes sense. I think the reason in the article they gave, don't quote me exactly, I'm not reading it, but uh, it was something to the effect of this should help to close the gender wage gap somehow. I'm not sure exactly how it would close the gender wage gap, but that's, that's the reason that they're using. Another hiring bill I want to talk about, Mark, relates to this show, I think, 100%. And we've talked about a lot on this show is the ban the box movement. And previously, California had passed a, another law where it, they ban, they did ban the box, but it was only in you know government jobs, jobs in the public sector. This bill, Assembly Bill 1008, or 1008, I don't know how, <clears throat> I don't know the, the right way to read bill numbers, but it would ban it across everything, across all uh, employee applications. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that could be helpful? Is it overreach into the private sector? This is a little bit of a trickier one. It's not really, because at the end of the day, I'm also against this one um, for pretty much the same reason. You shouldn't be banning private entities from asking people questions. But uh, it, this is a little trickier just because we know about the stigma, as you know, from doing this show for how, what is it now, two years? 
it's almost two years. It's been over two years. Yeah, more than two years. No, no, no. Almost two years. Over 100 episodes. Yeah, almost two years. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Two years plus of doing Felony Friday, plus, you know, the, you did a column for over a year plus before that. So, you know full well the stigma of associated uh, with being a felon, with having a criminal history. So, I think it's, it's a good thing if, you know, if, if that doesn't hurt people, if that hurts people less. However... That's a, kind of a, a completely separate argument from should we ban private entities from asking these questions? Uh, I mean, uh, frankly, employers have every, every right to know the background of the people they're hiring. Uh, I hope that they don't hold like minor you know, drug possession against them. I, I think we can work in a more voluntary way to uh, build a world like you're trying to do on Felony Friday by showing people that people that might have a conviction or might have a felony on their record aren't terrible people, uh, shouldn't be disbarred from working or having housing or anything like that. But we're adding a new crime. We're adding a new layer of government intervention when we're talking about banning the question. You know, and frankly, you know, we want to talk about the war on drugs and how many people that didn't commit real crimes in terms of the non-aggression principle there are that are in prison. Uh, But, you know, let's say someone is a murderer or I don't know, did commit some serious crimes, some serious. You don't want necessarily want someone who does have a past of, say, jewelry thievery or like, you know, to be hired in a jewel store for security. I mean, there is some logical reasons for people, for employers do want to know the criminal history of the people they're hiring. Um, you know, not everybody will maybe exercise that right. And I, I, I'm pretty much on board with a lot of the ban the box movement when it comes to government entities. But, uh, you know, it, it, you really should not be adding new laws that prevent employers from just simply asking questions about the history, whether it's salary history or criminal history or what have you of, of its prospective employees. They have every right to ask the questions and the employees have every right to not want to go to places that ask certain questions as well. Yeah, I agree with you, but uh, just to play devil's advocate, I think that with the nature of a lot of these crimes being nonviolent crimes, uh, you know, people selling a little bit of marijuana, a little bit of whatever drug, consensual transactions, getting thrown in prison for that, having that stay on the record and stay in their future forever. With the nature of that, it's it's saying correct. It's saying you can't ask that question on the employment form, but it's not saying you can't submit that person to a background check. Um, if we did have a, in a more free society where we didn't have these these uh, pre-crime type laws throwing nonviolent people in prison, then I would 100% agree with you. Um, let's, you know... It's well, not- kind of a pointless law in that case, then, because if, if, if the employer wants to know at the end of the day, they run the background check, so... Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's not pointless, though, because it gets the person in the door to be able to explain their story, to say what happened, and put a face... With the uh, you know with with the checkbox or or with the the background check when it comes up to be able to you know say what happened say this was you know say this was ten years ago I was in a bad situation I've done this this and this since then I mean or, or whatever to to not even but to even, justify even having it, the box can do that because as you know from your experience from your story about how you started thinking about this issue in the first place you know, you started putting people aside that had checked the box of felony but your boss knew better because he was a good businessman and he knew that a lot of those employees were better employees it actually might have helped some of them so you know maybe it's it's just information to have i i, I do see your point yeah um, that yeah. still wouldn't change my position on whether it should be a law or not i don't think it would change yours either i don't think yeah and i'm not yeah i'm not advocating for I'm all for taking it out of the the government, the public sector, take the box off of those forms. Um, those. In fact, maybe we should expand the box. Maybe the box should be a 
a paragraph or a page. There you go. We get to explain in detail. <laughs> this is the new movement. I just got a brilliant revelation. Although it might not catch catch on with the band the box people. Uh, but like expand it. the box. Let people explain. Make it more than a box. Don't just have a box. Say explain in full detail. Maybe you can include a video. We have technology nowadays. Include a, a little selfie video explaining yourself. If, if you're serious about this job and this company is serious about knowing the, pe- the background of its prospective employees, you know, expand the box. That is freaking genius. Mark, that might be the best idea you've ever had in your life. Seriously. Wow, that's saying a lot. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Expand the box. Hashtag expand the box. Expand the box. That's, the, uh, that's going to be the title of this episode. Probably not, it but it, it would it would work. <laughs> All right, so we'll keep on moving. I want to talk quickly about election laws because this one just blew me away. Senate Bill 450, which passed oh, – hold on. This passed in 2016, but I guess is only going to effect in 2018. I guess that's what yeah, it means. Yeah, it's just like um, – a lot of the laws that they pass, you know, when they when they have l- these little votes here, they'll have a vote in like a November of a year, but it's not going to go into effect necessarily a month later. Okay, Sometimes gotcha. it'll go into effect a whole year later. So like recreational marijuana was passed in um, in uh, at the same time, I think November of 2016. It partially went into effect last year because uh, you can now have possession of, of marijuana but you can't actually – they don't have the retail stores set up until January 1st of 2017. So there was a, a year gap in the law, which seems pretty silly, of, of when stores are allowed to sell it recreationally and when people are allowed to have it recreationally. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't but, make any you know, sense. But it's yeah. not supposed to. It's the government. Exactly. So. No. Why would it make sense? <laughs> it's really because they wanted time to come up with the full regulatory scheme and and for like the process of how to get a license and all that stuff. That's yeah. They, they had to figure out how to how to skim the money off the top. Yeah. Right? How can we how can we make a little dime off this? Exactly. But with with this election thing, it's so strange because it seems like they're moving everything to basically mailing in your ballot. So are we go- we're going like back in time now? You have to. We're, everyone's using the mail when nobody is using mail for anything else. Everyone's going to use it for elections. What, what the hell's going on here? Well, I, I mail in my ballot <laughs> right now just because I don't. I'm lazy and I don't like to go places. And although th- I've never had a line, I've never. I, I see all these stories on the news about lines for elections. Every time I've gone to vote, whether here in California or in Connecticut where I lived before, I just walked right up and voted. So I've, I've literally never seen a line. I don't know where these places are that have just massive amounts of people trying to vote and little demand and little supply of uh, voting booths. But I've, I've anyway, never, I digress. I've never had to wait in uh, even behind one person to vote. So yeah, yeah no, I, that's I what I'm saying. Vote. Me neither. I've never had a single wait, and yet I hear you watch the news on election night. There's like people w- around the corner waiting for. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we've grew up grew up and privileged places but i grew up both in you know the suburbs in connecticut uh you can fair fairly privileged i think that's fine to say also i'm i've lived in like you know not the best parts of la and had the same experience so you know whatever yeah who the hell knows what's going on all right next one i want to talk about very divisive topic in the united states is parental leave maternity or paternity leave and senate bill 63 if a business has between 20 and 49 employees, they're now guaranteed up to 12 weeks unpaid paternal leave. So not paid, but you have to give someone that leave. You can't you can't fire them. You have to give them that unpaid leave. And this is during leave taken within the first year of a child's birth, an adoption, or a foster care placement. So these are the smallest companies that are skimming by on the smallest margins. They don't have to keep the person on the books and pay them, but they could have to bring someone else on to train in, who who knows, maybe two-week incre- increments whenever this person decides to take their vacation. 
And I, I don't know. It, it seems like you're saddling small business here with uh, something they can't handle. What thoughts on this, Mark? Hey, I like the at least it's uh, it only guarantees unpaid time off. So at least they're not enforcing, you know, forcing the employer to pay more money. Um, you know, I'm I'm only stating why it's less bad than it could be, not why it's good. Um, but uh there was a separate bill that does actually, you know, boost the amount of co- state compensation, so that's, you know, that's tax money. So that's not not great either. But uh Ultimately, no. This just co- this is just like the ban the box, expand the box movement. Uh, we sh- the state should not be intervening and and stating the terms not only upon which employees are hired, but upon which they remain employees. Um, I like to think most good employees of, of a company are going to be able to negotiate a, a reasonable amount of time off, whether some combination of paid or unpaid, even if they don't have it worked into their you know their agreement or co- their contract. Uh, most companies do have some kind of amount uh, of paternal leave. Uh, the vast majority of them do. Uh, some don't. And the only ones that don't, uh, who's, who's not going to? I'll give you one guess. Who's probably not going to be offering that stuff? Do you have any guesses? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I do. It might be a... T- <laughs> okay. uh, it's not a trick question. Maybe I should just stay, say that again. Let me just tell you, the only people that are not are, are, are the ones that don't offer any kind of leave right now, and those are small businesses or struggling businesses oh, or course, yeah. you know mom and pop type shops, you know, places that are not humongous companies. Literally everybody I know that works for a, a large company has maternal leave. Now, it, now a, pr- a parental leave, I should say. Now, it's maybe not be an extra 12 weeks like this law is demanding uh, or whatever. But, you know, this is, again, not an area the state should be involved. You cannot force a business to hold a position. I guess you can. According to California law now, you should not be able to force a business to hold a position just in stasis uh, against their will, uh, no matter what, just because an employee had a child. And, And this includes men, too. So, you know, you could just go out and you know knock someone up every month, I guess, and uh, they'd have to keep giving you maybe not every month as long as you space it twelve weeks apart. I think they'd have to keep you uh, keep giving you twelve weeks uh, uh, unpaid leave. Then you can I don't know go to half take care of a child, and maybe you can get another job in the meantime if you want. And just just scam the whole system under this law. Just keep getting foster kids. Just every every right, month yeah. another foster kid. But right. I mean, the thing with this law that no one ever talks about is that this this is all the consequences of. You know, past policy decisions of of the Federal Reserve really weakening the dollar and making it so in order to have a, you know a really good life in the United States where you have a, a nice house and a comfortable life. Both parents, in most cases, are really need to work at least to some degree, need to make income in some way. And I I don't really think I mean it's not so long ago that that wasn't the case, and a lot of people will say. That's all changed because women, if there's more equality now, women can be in the workplace. I think, you know, that's fantastic that there's, you know, women are, are in the workplace and, and there's more and there's more women, you know, going after their careers and chasing their dreams, starting businesses, being entrepreneurs. That, that's all. That's all great. But uh, I think the there's a luxury of a, of a more advanced society, ultimately. Yeah. But I think there should be there should be an option. I mean, it shouldn't be where people are handcuffed. I mean, a, a lot of th- one thing that you don't hear talked about ever is we're coming into our first generation now, really. uh, I think it's really the generation after the millennials that the majority of these uh, kids have been, have grown up going to daycare. Um, That's not really the case for previous generations. Of course, there's been growing percentages as, as we've gone on through time of kids going to daycare, but 
I think there's a changing dynamic going on where parents are being forced to, to work, forced to work maybe in most cases more corporate jobs where you're working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks and spending more time away from your kids. And when you look at it, spending, I mean, I don't think that most parents would look at it as a, as a good thing the more time they spend away from their kids. Maybe there are some parents who do want to spend more time away from their kids, but I think generally parents want to spend more time with their kids, helping their kids grow, helping them learn, helping them to be you know good people when they grow up. So I don't know. I'm going off on on my uh, on my rants here, but. No, I, I mean I totally agree with you. Believe it or not, I actually do know. Uh, I know I knew some know some parents. Now these are not parents of like small children. These are parents whose teenagers or whose kids are teenagers, and you know they they get excited when it's school time because now they don't have to you know be with their kids all summer, I guess, or or whatever. They get excited to send their kids back to school. So I don't know. Maybe it's just like you know. I think that sounds crazy. I don't have kids. I I can't speak to it. Um, but you know, I guess some some parents do get. Well, I'm not. I'm not even saying that's necessarily a bad, like a bad thing. I don't know. Then you get into the whole debate: homeschooling no, versus public school. We're talking about something totally different and, yeah. than that, though. We're talking about how they're raised. Really, this is more about how they're how the children are raised and and how that development occurs. And maybe, uh, maybe we have very different kinds of adults that when they're not raised as much by their their parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, both my parents worked, but I was not, I didn't go to daycare really. Like I had combinations of a sister and babysitters and not so far into my childhood, taking care of myself after school. Oh my God. Taking care of yourself. sounds crazy, but (laughs) even as young as like nine, 10 years old, I would just come home after school and I'd be fine. I didn't die. I'm here. I am still to this day somehow. So I would get on the bus. I would walk myself home from the bus stop because my bus stop was, you know, at three quarters of a mile uphill. And then I would enter my house and breathe and eat and do all the things humans do without dying. So, you know, it's it's amazing. You don't really I mean, I don't know how I don't think eight, nine year olds go to daycare so much. But I feel like there's just more of a tendency that a, the child, children need to be watched by adults at all times. Obviously, there's ages, you know, at very young ages, they definitely do need to be watched at all times. But uh, I feel like that age has been going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. And I, I know there's a c- compounding effect of. In order for people to get jobs now, they have to move away from where they grew up. So they're moving away from their parents. So you don't have the grandparents in the same town to watch the kids. And that's why more kids are in daycare. So it's it's a whole whole uh, whole mess. Stay of, tuned of for uh, Odie and I's but. spinoff podcast, The Parents of Parenting, <laughs> yeah. where one dad and one non-dad just pontificate about the right and wrong ways to parent. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we do. Now, I did want to make one other point on, on this uh, unpaid leave, paternal leave thing. Speaking of people like me that don't have kids, what? Uh, how fair is this to them? You're you're basically. I mean, th- this is unpaid, but that's still time off. But I mean, there's other laws that do guarantee. You know, you know, other laws on the books and being presented where people argue for everyone should be forced to get certain amounts of leave, or you know, companies should be forced to give certain amounts of paid leave. And how? So basically, people who have kids get extra compensation that the employees that don't have kids don't get. That yeah. doesn't seem fair at all. There's no no equality under the law there, that's for sure. But some will argue that it's really about just like, you know, the same reasons that I should pay for public schools and that sort of thing that my kids don't go to and that just make kids dumber and don't even really teach them how to read, actually hinder their reading, that I should pay for them because it furthers and better society. This is an argument. These are arguments I hear in real life, for the record. Yeah, when people well, you live, get, you live in get, California. Kids go to school so. in California, which has the worst, the worst, the worst by far. This is well documented results of their public schools in pretty much the entire country. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do that. 
bad idea. But I, I, I do want to talk about, we'll skip immigration because I think everyone knows about immigration in California. California wants to let all the immigrants in, pretty much, I think. California is cool with the homeless, as they say in South Park, and uh, cool with everybody else. <laughs> and I'm, I'm generally okay with that, for the record, but, you know. There was a weird line, a actually. Issue. I did want to talk about this. So, the, actually, California is sort of exercising, they're using states' rights. They're exercising their right. They're not allowing federal immigration enforcement officers to do certain things. There's, uh, they're, they're not allowed to ask about someone's immigration status. They're not allowed to detain them on a hold request. A little and, nullification and, in action. And, yeah, exactly. And this is a weird one. A little bit Somewhere crazy. Tom Woods is shedding a tear. <laughs> Unless they've been convicted of one or more than 800 crimes. So I'm not sure. So I guess there's eight. eight I guess 800? There's eight, I guess there's... Uh, the first time I read it, I thought it said, unless they've been convicted of 800 <laughs> crimes. But I think there's like a, a range of crimes that if they commit any oh, of those 800 crimes... <laughs> there's a list of 800, and if they committed one of them, <laughs> you don't have to add up 800 Exactly, exactly. Okay. Well, you can see someone going down so. a list. Which crime is it? They're fl- flipping through this yeah. book of crimes. So, like, Which yeah. crime can we kick this guy out of the country for? Exactly. I know many of you are facing major decisions with your healthcare right now, and I want to make sure that you know about an amazing alternative to your standard corporatized health insurance known as Health Excellence Plus. Health Excellence Plus is an incredible program that helps you keep medical costs under control by taking charge of your own healthcare and not leaving all the decisions about what doctors you see, and what procedures you need or don't need up to some corporate bureaucrat. Along with providing 24-7 access to medical professionals, tax-deferred health savings accounts, and preventative care, Health Excellence Plus empowers you to finally take control of your health care. To learn more, head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash health or call the special hotline for Lions of Liberty listeners at 855-290-4447. Be sure to mention Lions of Liberty. Let's uh, move off immigration and talk about guns because everybody loves guns except for California. And Assembly Bill 424 is eliminating a policy implemented only last year that gave school administrators authority to decide whether employees with concealed carry permits should be allowed to bring their firearms onto campus. That is now being revoked, I guess, completely. And so all firearms are now banned again, from my understanding of this bill. Assembly Bill 725, someone convicted of a hate crime will lose their right to possess a gun for 10 years. So that's Is there the ever dumbest... been a more arbitrary law, law than that one? That's the dumbest law I've ever heard of. First of all, hate crime. I mean, I don't know the official list of what constitutes hate crimes in California, but let's just say the definition is subjective. I think we all agree on that. Oh, yeah. Very subjective. And then we'll add a random time of, well, if you did something hateful, 10 years, no guns. Hey, you're basing the uh, escalation of the crime on the pigment color of the, the, the person committing the crime's skin. So exactly. how much more stupid can you get than that? It's uh, pretty, pretty dumb. Pretty uncivilized. Pretty, pretty dumb. So, yeah, let's talk about ammunition in California. And I think I'm getting this right. In order to purchase ammunition starting in 2018 in California, you have to buy through a licensed vendor. So even if you order online, you have to go to someone's – I guess it'll be like if you're going to uh, you know, firearms 
licensed vendor like we do in Pennsylvania. You order a gun online. You could, it could be in someone's house, but they have a license to to uh, sell firearms or work on firearms, and you go pick up yeah, your gun they're there. They're basically they... treating um yeah they're basically treating ammunition like it falls under like like you need like an FFL. I don't yeah. know if it's not the, that's not the same license, but they have to be licensed to distribute ammunition, which obviously all regular gun stores and gun ranges will get. And so now, if even if I want to go online and order ammunition, I will have to have it shipped to the gun store. So you got to get it sent to the gun store. Then you got to pay a fee, especially if it's from out of, out of state. Uh, I think it's even a higher fee. So uh, usually it doesn't even make sense to do that if, if you're going to get a gun out of state. But yeah, you can't just have a gun delivered to your house. I'm sure um, most gun control advocates uh, think that's a, a wonderful thing. Why would you want to have a gun delivered to your house? I don't know, because it's really convenient. Um, that's, that's why I would, uh, if I were to buy a gun online. But I never have, because I live in California. <laughs> but now I guess the same thing will, buy, will uh, apply to ammunition. I have bought ammunition online. Well, if you buy it online Again, next year, you're gonna have to go to uh, to a. Uh, it's over. No, a I, I just stocked up, so hopefully I'll be good for a while. I don't shoot my gun very often. Occasionally, I go to the range and I shoot, shoot no humans. So, <laughs> well, that's that's good. All right, so moving from guns to uh, California hates guns, but they love marijuana. So we'll move to something Californians love, and as uh, you know, California legalized in 2016 with Prop 64. Legalized recreational marijuana. But I don't really understand. Maybe, Mark, you can translate this for me. So it is legal for purchase for adults 21 and older to buy up to an ounce of weed, 8 grams of uh, cannabis concentrates, but only only in cities that have permitted stores? Well, I don't quite understand how that works. Okay, so the actual... Yeah, like, I can't... I can't just up one day and go outside and start selling marijuana to people. You have to have a, a business license and it's up to individual cities and municipalities to give out those licenses and decide, you know, zoning wise where marijuana is allowed to be sold and the the terms and conditions, I guess, upon which those licenses are granted. So essentially you could have localities that ban marijuana or not not ban marijuana criminally but don't allow the sale don't allow uh the licensing and sale and that kind of thing and uh, you might even end up seeing that in certain parts of like central california and more more conservative areas um but you know it it wouldn't criminalize like even right now uh this part goes the part you're talking about goes into effect in 2018 but even right now like i mentioned earlier possession is totally legal uh under a certain amount under the amount that they would consider potentially for sale which i believe is like an ounce of marijuana so right now anybody can just have an ounce or, or under of marijuana, no problem. I cannot sell that ounce to anybody. I don't have this ounce that we're talking about, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> I don't know why I keep using me in this example, but uh, you can You need a, essentially you need a business license uh, to sell ma- recreational marijuana, and it is up to the states, cities, or the the cities and municipalities to you know d- decide the terms of that those licenses are are issued upon. So states basically like regulate away everybody, or don't. So it's really just another way to get tax dollars. That's what yeah, I, yeah, that's that's, that's what we're talking here. about here. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, you know, we talked for a while about the California stuff, which is great. There was a lot more than I thought initially, and I, sh- I should have expected that since California is basically a, a communist war zone. Pretty much. <laughs> but I'm, in, I'm in the trenches. I do want to skip, so we'll just skip ahead and we'll play. I, I have two stories I want to talk about and play. Is it a crime and should they do time? Is it a crime? Should they do time? Or do you think they learned their lesson from a hefty fine? 
the first one, Mark, I think you posted, I'm pretty sure you posted this one in the forum. It's a really disturbing one about a Georgia cop that forced a man to to decapitate his own dog in order to find out if the dog had rabies. So this investigator, James Hollis, this is in Crawford County, and he arrived at the home of Joe Goodwin after Goodwin's dog had allegedly bit two people. After the sheriff shot the animal, Hollis, the investigator, took it upon himself to investigate, in air quotes, whether the dog had rabies. And he did this by forcing the owner at the point of a gun to cut off his dog's head. And that is not exaggerating. That is exactly what happened. The the investigator said, if you do not do this, you will be arrested. And I'm sure if you resist arrest, you will be killed. So... It doesn't get any more clear than that. So this investigator forced this dog's owner, who just watched his dog get shot and killed, forced him to cut his dog's head off at the point of a gun. So my question to you on this, Mark, is this a crime on part of this police investigator? This is absolutely a crime. It is a crime on the part of... uh James Hollis, I believe, is the investigator. Yes. I think he sh- I think he should be named because he is a threat to society. He is a sick human being. This doesn't even fall under, well, it's just how the cops were trained. This is not how the cops are trained, or at least, I mean, it's not how they're supposed to be trained. Uh, I, I, they do seem to be trained to, to shoot dogs. Uh, we've seen a lot of incidents of that. Ultimately, uh, police officers are trained to defend their lives they should be allowed to defend their lives in general but they're they're basically trained to shoot uh under any threat and basically if they decide a dog is a threat they can shoot the dog um which is you know obviously very subjective if they're scared of a dog they can shoot it uh so it's bad enough that that they're going to shoot the dog but this whole thing and i did some research trying to find if there's even some remote insane logic behind this obviously there's no moral logic behind it but like where did this officer even get the idea that the way you look for rabies is by chopping a dog's head off i don't know where this came from or how he thinks he or this guy would be qualified to determine if the dog had rabies by decapitating it like am am i missing something here or is this uh, the most disturbing insane thing ever this hollis this james hollis of crawford county whatever the effing state it is in. I don't know why I'm censoring myself. But I feel like Felony Fridays where I just gotta be like a nice choir boy who sells ounces of marijuana. Um, <laughs> but I mean, th- this guy, I don't know if he's on meth or if he is just a complete psychopath or where he got this idea. Let alone, not to brush over the fact that this dog was sum- summarily executed as as if he was convicted of this crime of potentially because I guess he was there because he potentially it was somebody said the dog bit people I don't know if he did or didn't um, if the dog did bite people like I, I think there's a right to at least investigate that matter uh, you know I'm not gonna say that that sh- that is because a dog biting someone would would be a crime a crime upon the owner of the dog and there's um, di- so different types of dog bites right I mean there's yes absolutely there's sure. l- uh, little nips and there's you know life threatening bites so. Yeah, I think that that's... Although, under the eyes of the law, there's really not. It's actually a dog bite is kind of a dog bite. Uh, the way the law sees it, you know. Most people aren't going to go try to get a dog put down for, like, a bite or something. like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in theory, it's really, it's again, very subjective. Just as the subjective, you know, uh, decision this officer made to have this, d- this dog beheaded by his owner. I mean, gee, even if by some crazy logic you think that a dog should be beheaded... 
on what planet is the owner of the, of the person that's supposed to perform this weird like autopsy of the dog in his home of his own? I mean, imagine like telling someone to chop their child's head off to for any reason. I mean, this did your after it was after it was just shot by someone. I mean, it's it's the most insane, disturbing, honestly disturbing thing. Especially, I mean, you know, I, I have dogs. I'm a dog lover. You have a human child. I have dog children. I can't even imagine if this if this was something I was forced to do. I don't. I would not do it. I well, I like to say I would not do it. Maybe if a, a crazy crazy person who thinks it's a good idea to cut a dog's head off and test it for rabies is pointing a gun at me. Maybe I do do it. I don't know, but this is completely insane. There are not many people I should say should, should not be, should be locked behind bars and not be allowed to participate in society. I'm pretty damn sure James Hollis is one of them of Crawford County, I still don't know what state this is. I can't find it in this article, <laughs> but uh, whatever. If you're in any Crawford County, watch out for Mr. Hollis. He's yeah, psycho. Uh, this, He's I mean, nuts. this is a this is a violent crime committed by James Hollis, Thre- threatening violence to do a, a completely insane thing. Um, I'd like to have James Hollis tested for rabies. I mean, this is just just ridiculous, incredible. I, I don't know. There's not much more to say about it. This is one of. Just the most absurd and hard to even hard to even imagine that it happened. Stories of 2017. It's so crazy that Snopes has it's been challenged if, if it even happened. But Snopes, for what it's worth, and it is true because it's it's a true story. I can vouch for it. But Snopes has given it a true rating also. So you can uh, you can take that one to the bank, liberals. All right, and the last one here that we have for is the crime and should they do time. A controversial one, I think, for Apple lovers like yourself, Mark. It's come to our knowledge here recently. A conspiracy theory has been confirmed. Apple, the company that so many people love so much that they'll wait in line for hours just to get expensive, overpriced products. They have been uh, secretly stifling the performance of older iPhones in order to encourage people to upgrade to newer iPhones and they've tried to justify this by saying that they were stifling the performance so the iPhones did not shut down unexpectedly. I'm not even sure what that even means. But the question here is, has Apple committed some sort of fraud here by, by doing this and not dis- disclosing this? And is, is this fraud punishable? I mean, should there be some sort of punitive damage or reimbursement to the users? Is it a fraud? And should they? I don't know. What rhymes with fraud? <laughs> should they? I, I don't know. I'm terrible with rhyming. Yeah. Brian would know this. Yeah. Should they be <laughs> named mod? Yeah, I don't know. It's a bad punishment being named mod. Apologies <laughs> to any mods listening, by the way. Um, yes, it's fraud. <laughs> of course, it's fraud. It's uh, uh, okay. So if if forget that Apple sold you the device. What if like my neighbor figured out how to hack in my phone and started shutting it down and, and throttling the speeds and, and, you know, stuff like that, that would be fraud, right? I mean, not fraud. It would be, it would be a crime, right? It would be an invasion yeah, of my yeah. property. So it's definitely no different if the person that, if the, the company that sold you the phone and sells you the cell phone surface does it, surface does it. And it makes it worse. It makes it even worse that it's the company that you actually have a contract for service with. And part of that contract is certainly not, you know, throttling your phones or whatever the term they use is. Um, 
what was it? Yeah, it is throttling. Hey, look at me. Um, yeah, they don't by interrupting your service in a deceptive manner to tr- sort of force you. It's always been a running joke with uh, iPhone people and Apple people that uh, oh yeah, the new new iPhone's coming out. Guess my phone's gonna slow down because this kind of stuff does get noticed and and people do talk about it. So uh, this has been something that's gone around as a, a sort of conspiracy theory for a long time. But Apple, I guess, actually got caught and were basically forced to admit it after denying it for many years. So uh, they're clearly have been deceptive. They're clearly, to me, defrauding their customers. Maybe some hardcore uh, free market types will defend their right to do whatever they got to do in the free market. Uh, I will say this is at least a violation of contract, if nothing else. So like what kind of uh, what what should be the punishment? I mean, should there be some sort of uh, reimbursement? Apple goes to jail. (laughs) Apple goes to jail. I imagine there will be a class action lawsuit. The thing about class action lawsuits. Everyone gets a dollar. Yeah, I'm all for them in like the idea that a company should pay when they screw people over. Uh, The problem is that with a class action lawsuit, usually, like you said, it's like you know, five hundred thousand people get in the lawsuit. There's two lawyers that that run it. They get like twenty percent of the huge million, whatever summation. Right. So they get a huge check, and then the rest of it, gets the, the other eighty percent, gets divided up between hundreds of thousands of people or whatever it is, and everyone gets seven bucks. I just got one the other day. I have a check for like seven bucks from AT and T um, from some lawsuit. I haven't cashed it. I probably will lose it. I'll probably <laughs> never see that money. Uh, it's probably gone now. Yeah, because it's it's like so it's like seven bucks. If it was cash, I'd be like, cool. I got seven bucks. A check? Really? I got to go deposit a check. Even even and I say go, I can deposit checks on my phone. I'm too I'm too lazy to even do that for seven bucks. That's crazy. Uh, what a but what yeah. a world we um, live in today. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a better way. I, I think there should be. Yeah, I do think they should face. I think if anything, maybe they'll face market punishment. I think it should be mostly market punishment. Like I don't think Apple CEO Tim Cook should go to jail. Um, it's not the, a crime on the level of, of that. You know, we would we would normally talk about. You know. I don't normally talk about, you know, it's, it's not like a crime on the level of, say, James Hollis. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not it's not as bad as uh, making someone decapitate their dead dog. Right. But, but OK, so, for example, so. you're saying market punishment. You're, you're an Apple user, right? You have an iPhone. You have an Apple computer. Are, are you going to stop using buying I mean, Apple? I knew you're going to call me out. Why do you even bring this to your attention? Uh, I I probably won't. <laughs> I haven't had problems. With, let's see what happens. I The new iPhone X came out. I've had no problems with my phone. Maybe they this they will write their ship. Uh, if I learned about some class action lawsuit, I'll probably fill out the form online and like not not deposit the eleven dollar <laughs> check eventually. Uh, yeah, I mean, w- will I really you know vote with my dollars? The pain would ha- I'd have to have enough pain to do it. I mean, there's there's certainly a point where I would I think you know if my devices were all unusable, if I can't edit my podcast anymore because Apple's sending viruses to my computer, so I buy a new one. Like yeah, at some point you cut bait. But to me, most of my personal experience with Apple products is that they're they're fast and they work efficiently and they do the things I need them to do. So you know if, if my outrage is is sort of sequestered to you know a couple years ago my phone got a little slow a couple times and now I'm mad about this article a little bit. Like no, I probably won't won't make a huge change because that's a lot of change because all my stuff is in Apple. Um, you know, but there are points. Sure. There are certainly points. If Apple, if Tim Cook comes over and shoots my dog and tries to make me decapitate it, like I'm totally leaving Apple at that point. I think that would be a that's line, the line for me. Drawing a, <laughs> that's the line. Drawing the red line. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much my thin red line. You shoot my dog and try to make me decapitate him at gunpoint. You know, we're pretty much done here. This is war. I'm declaring war on James Hollis. He's the most disgusting human being I've ever read about. And he's not convicted of this crime. I'm just going off a news story. Maybe it's wrong. If so, I apologize, Mr. Hollis. Can you declare war on another individual? Just did. In in libertarian utopia, you can. There you go. I think. I don't know. 
Send him a, the rules. A private, ask, ask Roger Paxton. A private militia to his house. <laughs> Roger Paxton, tell me if I can declare war. You are my liberty god. <laughs> Roger, liberty god. Roger just got his Make Liberty Great Again hats in the mail from our Liberty Draft election. Oh, did he really? <laughs> Speaking of crimes, should electioneering, should election rigging and bribing in Liberty Drafts be a crime? And, and should and should Odie do crime? That was not a, uh, that was not a bribe. That was just a, a friendly gift among <laughs> friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Liberty uh, Draft. Liberty Draft. Go check out the Liberty Draft. Now you need a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. So new fans of the show, and we do have a lot of new listeners coming in from the Part of the Problem podcast, from the Tom Woods podcast, because we are spending all the money. We are spending every damn dime from the Lions of Liberty Pride members. You send us that money, and we do not use it to go to fancy dinners. We do not use it to go um, out on the town. We use it to promote this podcast, buy new equipment. And uh, I, I can see we are actually on video right now because we're testing out the possibility of doing video stuff in the future. And I can see the new equipment with my own eyes. I see Odie's new mic. It's right his, here. Uh, filter there is Dan. It's all right there. It's a wonderful world that we live in that uh, stuff like this exists, that you, can, that, you can start, that you can start a podcast and you get people who love it and support it. And those people can get behind you and help you to spread your message. It's uh, truly... Uh, an incredible thing. And just this past week, how many people have joined the Pride with our we're running a little deal over uh Christmas, the twenty fifth and twenty sixth. Oh, we got a bunch. I don't know. Spot. Well there may very well be more by the time this airs. But uh I think we had like uh seven, I wanna say, in the last week. Yeah. Actually, I can count right now. Actually, in the last week, oh, we have had even more than that. I'm I'm really underplaying this. If you if you if you extend the week, it's we're recording on Wednesday, so let's see. If you extend the week to one extra day, give me eight days back, then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine new Pride members in the last eight days. That's pretty good. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. damn good. And those, uh, I think it, the ones who signed up on the 25th and 26th at least, they got the the deal where you got. The stuff from the level above. So five dollars, you got the t-shirt and the koozie. Ten dollars, two t-shirts and the koozie. Twenty-five dollars, three t-shirts and the koozie. Plus, of course, it, and a poster. Twenty-five dollars. Plus, of course, all the all the other stuff you get. All the free uh, the free bonus content. Not free. <laughs> the bonus content, well, exclusive you content. Pay, you that pay we us money you. for but, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if you pay for it, it's free. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But uh, once you send us money, then it becomes free. So since we had a lot of success, a lot of people jumped at getting in on the these these bonus entries, getting uh, more free merch from us, which is fantastic. And I mean, the the goal is to get more people in the pride and uh, and grow our, grow our support and ultimately fund more advertising on other podcasts. Since it worked so well before, and there's probably more people who didn't hear about it, maybe just missed the opportunity. We are going to, going to extend. We're going to have two more days on January 1st and January 2nd where we're going to offer that deal once again. So do it all again. Yeah. If you're looking Christmas to join the Pride, this will be the last time we do it probably until next Christmas. That's not even a joke. If ever. I don't know. We're losing money on this. Yeah, we're losing, <laughs> we're losing short-term money. money anyway. Yeah, we're losing and a lot of short-term honestly, money. Honestly... We're just trying to give some extra thanks to all the new people that are coming in, uh, like I said, from these various shows, and as well as many of our longtime fans that are just getting around to signing up, give you that extra bonus, that extra uh, extra merch to wear around town and tell all your friends about Lions of Liberty. So, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate all the new signups. we got loads of them coming and, and more pouring in every day. So let's do it again. Why not? 
Absolutely. And for the new listeners out there, I mean, if you guys, if this is your first episode you're hearing, this is Felony Friday, obviously. Mark, who I'm talking with here, has his own show on Monday and Brian on Wednesday. You can get all three of those shows by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you use to get your podcast. So be sure to please do that. And please, even if you don't use iTunes, please, if you like what you hear and you want to help the podcast uh, grow, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, leave a nice review. And I mean, that helps us just tremendously in those wacky iTunes algorithms that somehow you rise and fall with. Don't even know how it works. But anyway, doing that would be much appreciated. Anything else to add before I let you go? I think that's it. I just want to encourage everyone to uh, live long. No, no, not, not today. Oh, I'm not sorry. Today. I'm on the wrong show. Tune in Monday. I want to tell everybody to tune in Monday because what is Monday, Odie? Do you know what day Monday is? Monday is New, New Year's day. day. First day of the year. <laughs> it yeah. is New Year's Day. You passed that test. Yes, Monday is New Year's Day. And how better to celebrate New Year's Day than by having a New Year's party? So we're going to have a New Year's party on Monday. That's right. We're going to have libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor with you. You're going to be there. Brian will be there. Who knows who else will be there? I know. <laughs> Howie Snowden will be there. And uh, maybe special guests. Probably not. And we are the only libertarian podcast working on New Year's, maybe. Maybe it's maybe I'm someone pretty, else from, is working, but I I'm I think sure. we're I don't know. Like like we had these are all podcasts I love, but Jason Sapleton on vacation. Tom Woods on vacation. Chris Bangle, We Are Libertarians on vacation. Johnny Rocket Launchpad. I don't know where he's at. I think he's in Texas or something. Everyone's on vacation. Remzo Martinez, midseason break. Every libertarian podcast seemingly takes a break. And nothing wrong with that. People need breaks. But we, we are psychos. We are completely insane. And we don't take a break. We just keep podcasting three days a week, all year round, nonstop, holidays, New Year's, Christmas, whatever. Because that's how much we care. We don't take breaks. We don't believe in breaks. That's here how much we care about stopping the James Hollises of the world that go around cutting <laughs> fucking dogs' heads off. Oh, God. This James Hollis thing's never going to die. tell I'm fired up about this one? Anyway, Mark, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up. Oh, wait. I have one more thing to add. <laughs> this is important. Okay. You asked me at the beginning of the show, is that Mike Brancatelli? I asked him. While we were on the air, on the air, live podcast, no. I asked him, and he said, no, that's actually Dave Smith's voice. What? Yeah, that's, I was surprised, too. That is ridiculous. Wow. I know. That just totally so blew you, my you mind. You learn new things every day. That blew my mind. Wow. That's nuts. Okay, well, I'll have to listen more closely next time. But so, <laughs> you're welcome part of the problem for all the free ads. Good way, to, uh, good way to wrap the show there. So, this is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up. And the fire is a liberty burning. <laughs>